0: grace in abundance out of a grateful heart we say that glory be unto your name oh Jesus having gathered before your presence we ask that as we have been seated for the nourishment of our spirit we pray that whatever word that would come forth, grant unto us understanding and clarity that even a little baby will understand father your servant i avail myself unto you it is not about impression of oh god but it is about the expression of what you have for your people in the word that you have brought today we ask the holy spirit you would take charge over this atmosphere minister unto our spirits refresh our spirit nourish our spirits by virtue of today's ministration, may we grow in faith. The Bible said that in him is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. We pray. Bible makes us understand that for the word, for faith cometh to the hearing and the hearing by the word of God. As we are about to listen to your word, let our faith increase in you. For we have gathered today to learn about the life of the consecrated one. That is the life of a Christian. So we ask that Lord, you will grant us the clarity. And even in the course of ministration, should we get confused, Holy Ghost, we pray that you grant us clarity to our confusion. Be with us now and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shall we take our seats, please? I would like to thank the leadership of this assembly for the opportunity that has been given unto me to stand before great men of god and women of god and to minister unto you hallelujah i give you good tidings from the broken estate district and also from the new tafu area today is actually the retiring service of our apostle um, samuel Enchi, so uh, maybe from here i will go there hallelujah shall we open our bibles to the book of romans chapter 12 verse 1 Shall we open our Bibles to the Book of Romans, Chapter Twelve, Verse One? Before before we read the scripture, I would like to make something clear that we all would understand. Hallelujah! I believe we are all matured in, men and women in Christ. But then, you see, when we come before the presence of God, there are some postures we should assume. Hallelujah! In order for us to meet God, Hallelujah! One of the things that we should take note of is that God comes in different dimensions and in different in dynamics towards people in different times hallelujah the time god will meet our president will be different from the time god will meet our brother hallelujah yes so sometimes you see that there, there is one posture we call the posture of meekness hallelujah and in the body of christ there is this um, um lack of understanding people tend to value certain services or certain activity in sunday services over others someone to think that oh opening prayer nah but i will study this nah i will come for worship maybe praises and then the word ministration. Someone also when you get to praise, oh, it's not important. You let me go outside, do my little things, come inside. You see, when you talk about the posture of meekness, it is actually you saying that God regardless of whichever activity that you use to meet my needs, that I will meet you with. I don't care. So long as I meet you, I am okay. Hallelujah. That is the posture of meekness. So when we come to church, let us revere every activity in the presence of God by saying that, I am trying to say that whenever it is time for service, be here before the main activity starts, hallelujah. It is very, very important. We have the posture of humility. It comes when you disregard whatever position you have and give reverence to whoever God has sent to speak unto you, hallelujah that is the posture of humility young ministers and young Christians whenever we get to a certain stage in our spiritual status we tend to somehow i don't know grade men of god based on let's say um, um, their literacy how they have been fashioned maybe their their financial stability the last time i chanced on this footage on whatsapp where a post, um, pastor is number was talking about um, how people great men of god saying that oh this man of god is powerful because he is financially stable and he was talking about a man whom he met in a village man carries god's presence literal god's presence hallelujah yes the posture of humility regardless of who god sends even if he is a baby so long as it is god it is in god's name that he is here you have to revere him hallelujah revering him is how you are going to meet god hallelujah suppose that he is god right now before you in the presence of men he is in the form of a man before men but it is god before you and you tend to disregard him what are you doing you are disregarding god hallelujah we have the posture of of obedience that is obeying everywhere that comes through whoever god was sent and then we have the posture of reverence that is revering god's word and adhering to it hallelujah so I would want you to, to take note of these things especially well where I'm coming from we have a very very a very big problem as to um, coming to service early so that is why anytime I get a chance to minister to God's people I try to make them understand the importance of coming to service early why? because God meets people in different times. What if God decided to meet you in the opening prayer and you are not there meaning you have missed the opportunity to meet God whatever you do in that service well it is to your benefit but the very reason why you are there you will not get it hallelujah Yes. So let's move to today's activity. I have been timed, so I will do my best to speak within time so that we can live here. Hallelujah. Today we are talking about the life of the consecrated one. Hallelujah. The life of the consecrated one. The life of the consecrated one. I believe we've been giving some synopsis uh, where we would like to achieve those objectives. That is to understand what is meant by consecration. The need to consecrate ourselves or why the need to consecrate ourselves we also want to achieve how to remain consecrated and also lastly the benefits of being consecrated hallelujah yes uh, maybe I might not be able to tackle all of these but I will try my best hallelujah yes so when you talk about consecration we are talking about a state of being hallelujah when you talk about consecration In the life of a believer, we are talking about the very state of a believer. Hallelujah. Consecration comes after salvation. Hallelujah. You see, when you talk about salvation, salvation is God unconditionally offering his life to be sacrificed that men will be saved. Hallelujah. After salvation, the major step that comes after salvation is consecration. And that is a step that most Christians have been missing. Hallelujah. We've actually received the the, the transaction God brings. But we are denying God the transaction that we have to offer unto him. That is the transaction of consecration. You see, consecration is you as a believer giving yourself unconditionally to the service of God. It is the unconditional surrender of a believer unto God. Regardless of who you are, regardless of your position, consecration is when you, un- the key word is unconditional. It is not based on any other thing. It is because you have to do it. Not because you are expecting God to do something when you give unto him your life, no. But unconditionally, just as unconditionally, he gave his only begotten son to die for us. In the same way, we retain the favor or we retain that mandate by giving ourselves unconditionally unto him. And so the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 will help us understand that very well. Can someone open the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 for us? 1 Peter 2, verse 9. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. I would love to read. The Bible said that, but you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. If the Bible is for you, underline that please. Out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want to take that part again. God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Hallelujah. There are two forms of consecration. We have the part which is your responsibility and we have the part that is God's responsibility. When you read the book of First Peter chapter two verse nine, the the preface or the opening part is God's responsibility, making you a holy nation, a peculiar people, God's own possession. Hallelujah! But then we have the part where you'll have to willingly and unconditionally surrender unto God. If you don't surrender, there is no way God can make you a holy nation. Hallelujah if you don't surrender how do you become a priest in the sanctuary of god it is never possible so in 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 the aspect or in the topic of consecration we have the part where the believer plays by surrendering himself unconditionally unto god and we have the part that god plays, but by 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 consecrating or, or or making special the person who have given himself unconditionally unto him hallelujah and so when you come into christianity Check through the scriptures, from time beginning, people who have worked remarkably in the kingdom of God were consecrated men. Hallelujah. You see, I would love that so that those who are actually writing can write something. Consecration means the separation of oneself from the things that are unclean, especially anything that would contaminate one's fellowship with the ever-perfect God. Hallelujah. That is the responsibility of man that is purging yourself taking yourself out of wherever you used to be the bible said that god actually took us out of the dark world into the marvelous light but it will shock you that even after this there are some people who are still navigating towards the dark world it is very very funny and very worrying you see when you are being placed in the marvelous light of god it is your responsibility to make sure that you purge yourself you keep separating yourself you see the devil doesn't stop until the day god takes you to be part of him in the kingdom the devil will never stop coming at you hallelujah christianity is a daily process it's 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 something we do daily it's a daily lifestyle we live it daily you don't just become a christian one day and 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 that that will characterize you for the rest of your life now christianity is what you do today Tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, and after that, until Thy kingdom comes, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. That is Christianity, and so that is the part a Christian, plays. That is purging yourself, separating yourself from the things that makes you unclean, that contaminate your fellowship with the Holy Ghost, with the God that you serve, Hallelujah. Yes, and then we have the part that God plays, like I said earlier on, that is God. That is God actually sanctifying or making special out of something. So that is the other definition or explanation to consecration. Hallelujah. Yes. So having explained consecration, we will delve a little deeper into it. Hallelujah. You see, it is a practice of making something or someone sacred to serve. The practice of making something or someone sacred to serve that is consecration hallelujah so when you read the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 when you read the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 the Bible said that I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God let's stay there I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself holy, acceptable unto God. Hallelujah. Yes. And then when you go on, the Bible said, which is your reasonable service? And do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of god before the perfect before the acceptable before that good will of god was written he actually said that do not conform to the doctrines of this world meaning before you can make a mark in christianity before you can leave a hallmark in in, in the in, in in the spiritual domain you have to be a consecrated being. Hallelujah. Without consecration, there is no way God will use you. One of the things you should understand is that God places value on relationships. Hallelujah. There is nothing that man can actually give God. Money. No. What? Nothing. Except relationship. God values relationship. That is why God can say something like, have you considered myself unto Job? Anytime I hear that thing, my heart pumps for god to actually talk of a man saying have you considered my servant to unto or to someone imagine your mom meeting let's say another person or let's say let's say you work for the president of ghana right now and 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 in, in a case where the president meets let's say the united the 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 the, the, Protus, the president of the united states and then in their conversation his excellency happens to mention your name in that conversation, do you know how valuable that is? You see, you you, you, you actually in, you, you are of value, of course, but in that state you don't come there, but for the president of Ghana to mention your name in a conversation with the president of the United States, with whatever the reason is, so long as it is actually in a good way, hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> It is actually of value. For you to actually be mentioned like that, it takes someone who is actually consecrated unto God. Consecration is when you deny yourself the things of this world. Consecration is when, you see, consecration comes with a cost. You pay a price. Hallelujah. To be consecrated, as explained in the definitions of consecration, you purge yourself from the things of this world. So long as we're in the flesh, the flesh will always insist. Will always insist for the things of this world. Why? Because it belongs here, and so each and everything that you see around here is to is made that this flesh will feel comfortable. But you are actually spirit beings living in fleshy canals, and so you have to suppress the desires of the flesh before you can please your God. The day the flesh will take over your life, you cease to please God a consecrated being has a close proximity with God in other words he, has, he can actually feel the literal breath of God and so the other day when Jesus actually, the Bible said that he was made sin it's not that Jesus became a sinner nah, Jesus was made sin in other words the, 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 transfer, the, the, the being of Jesus was actually made sin so that Jesus would take sin on the cross be nailed, defeat sin That we all, who are subjects and servants and under the bondages of sin, will be free forever. Hallelujah. So, that day, it was only on that day that Jesus said, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Have you asked yourself that? That why would Jesus say that his father has forsaken him? God is a perfect God. God can't stand sin and so jesus all his life on earth has been in close proximity with god like this but on the very day that jesus was made sin so that he can actually nail sin onto the cross god couldn't stand sin so god separated himself from jesus jesus knew that god has left him and so he said why have you forsaken me so the bible said that angel of the lord was made to come and strengthen him so that he can complete the work for which he was sent and that is why we all are here hallelujah give glory unto the lord hallelujah yes so consecration as i've said is a is is our absolute and total unconditional surrender unto god and consecration as i've said again is, is it brings you into close proximity with god it is both a gateway and a path into the presence of god hallelujah every consecrated being daily finds himself in the presence of god every consecrated being every consecrated being hallelujah if you are consecrated it means you have subjected yourself under the will of god god use me as you will it i have no will on my own just as the song was saying every consecrated being always finds himself under the will of god and one of the things you also have to understand is that as men spends money god spends consecrated men consecration is actually a currency in the domain of god before you can be spent by god you have to be consecrated that is the currency of god god never uses someone who is not consecrated if you really want to operate in a dimension that will please the heart of god that will move god that will cause god to say that ah this is my beloved son that will cause god to say that ah this is the eye or or the, the the apple of my eye I don't know how to put it but anything that you would do to romance God first you must be consecrated if you are not there is no way God will use you unless maybe you call yourself hallelujah and you begin to operate under your own authority you go out there and you preach you have not been sent and you are preaching hallelujah as a matter of fact before you go out there you have to wait till you have been deployed we are all employees of God but never deploy yourself when God has not deplored you you will go and you disgrace yourself hallelujah yes let's take note of that it's just something that came into it hallelujah yes so a life of consecration is a call to live a life of purity free from sin and contamination demands that the person who wants to consecrate himself must willingly and unconditionally give himself wholly to God and purge himself from all filthy things Of both the flesh and the spirit by doing so you tore down the flesh and picks up the spirit hallelujah yes so this is actually consecration so that we will understand the concept of consecration I would want us to look at um, the book of Numbers chapter 6 verse 1 we are going to talk about something I've titled a Nazarite hallelujah something i've entitled a nazarite before before i move on let me let me actually make this we have difference between a nazarite nazarite and a nazarene the two are not the same they have the same root meaning which is to vow but they are two different things nazarene is someone who actually comes from nazareth hallelujah but a nazarite is what I'm about to explain hallelujah so who is a nazarite for those who will be actually be writing the english word nazarite in the hebrew as nazar means set apart hallelujah when you read the book of numbers chapter 6 verse 1 the bible said that then lord then the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the children of israel and say to them when either a man or a woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a nazarite Consecrate an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite. Let me explain this part. You see, in our time, we don't consecrate an offering to God. We are actually the living sacrifices. Hallelujah. Those days, you will actually kill, let's say, a ram. You consecrate it first. You consecrate, you kill, then you present it to God. Then you pledge yourself to be a Nazarite. But right now we are the living sacrifices. So the Old Testament Nazarite is actually different from the New Testament Nazarite. Hallelujah! We are the New Testament Nazarite. Glory to God! Hallelujah! Yes. So we are the the, the living sacrifices. When you talk about living sacrifices, we are talking about perpetually being brought onto the altar. Every day you are burning. Every day you are burning perpetually living sacrifices those sacrifices that were offered in the old testament were dead sacrifices that God used for himself they were actually the possession of God they were given out to God so whatever God do with it he does as he will it hallelujah so maybe he will give an instruction do this onto this realm and they will do it as God will it because it was his possession right now if you consecrate yourself you become a living sacrifice unto god just as it was onto that ram that is dead so are you but this time right you are actually living so each and every day you become a, 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 a living sacrifice exuding the very aroma of god every day wherever you find yourself you exude the aroma of christ jesus wherever you find yourself whenever you find yourself you make people smell literally jesus christ hallelujah I don't know how this sounds to you, but for someone to smell Jesus around you is such a powerful thing. Hallelujah. Have you ever been in a situation whereby someone sees you and stop whatever he is doing? Just because out of nothing, probably he doesn't know you, but he gives reverence unto you because of how you appear. You see, being a consecrated being gives you a certain appearance. If you are a being, and then let's say if you appear before your friends and they are doing something and they don't stop because they have seen you, you have to do more. Hallelujah. They will not care. Of course, they don't care what they are doing. But in your presence, they must revere you because they revere the God you serve and must stop whatever thing they are doing until you have left. That is the kind of appearance or identity consecration gives to a being hallelujah and so if 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 that doesn't happen then you have to do more come to a point where people gives respect to god because of you come to a point in life where people actually yearns to come to the presence of god because of you when i was young i was having this friend of mine he's called Richard. actually he was one of the reasons why i became a christian my life is funny we, we actually, I got into that school to be uh, we were actually supposed to have an academic battle because he was the first person over there and I went there and, not knowing that he's actually a Christian I was, at that time I wasn't so when I went there what I thought was supposed to be a spiritual battle turned into a spiritual friendship he drew me into Christ made me forget about books and whatever I came to that school to do hallelujah and now here I am to the glory of God that guy, a woman gave her daughter to Richmond, we were young, so you never think of, let's say that guy going to do something to your daughter, hallelujah we were, we were also members of Scripture Union local fellowship he gave, she gave her daughter to Richmond, that anytime you are going to Scripture Union, take my daughter along whenever you are hungry, come home, I will feed you whatever thing that has to do with spirituality, so long as you are going come and pick my daughter, hallelujah That is the kind of identity that consecration gives to a being. That people would want to find you in their domain, knowing that with you in his boat, he can smile at the storm. Just as Jesus was in the boat, the disciples smiled at the storm. Hallelujah. Jesus is not there, but sometimes for you in the family, whenever there is a sea blowing against the family, or the the, the sea, uh, uh, there is a raging sea, Blowing against the family. For your present sake, the family must smile at like the storm. Knowing that you serve a living God who will come into the scene. There are some benefits of being consecrated. And this is one of them. God steps in. Whenever the devil messes with his people. Hallelujah. If you hand over, God will take over. The day God will take over, the devil will actually seek cover. You see, when when, when the devil seeks cover, if, if this is actually the, 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 the place you have to take god and, and 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 the devil tries to stand in your way. if you hand over to god god takes charge of the battle the devil know he can't stand god so he seeks cover man crosses over from wherever he is onto the domain of god and the moment you cross over the battle is over hallelujah the moment you cross over from your domain into the domain of god the, the devil try. hallelujah he will continue to try unless you give him the, 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 the chance to do so. But he can't. Hallelujah. So I would want to move on. It is sometimes I want to read um, verse 1 to 2. To separate himself to the Lord. When either a man or a woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord. Verse 3. He shall separate himself from wine and similar drinks. He shall neither he shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grapefruit nor eat fle- the fresh grapes or raisins. Verse 4 All the days of his separation, he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine from seed to skin. Verse 5 All the days of the vow of his separation, no razor shall come upon his head until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall be holy, then he shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. Verses: all the days that he shall separate himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. In verse 8, throughout the period of dedication, they are consecrated unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Whenever the person does these things, just so he will be a Nazarite, the Bible is saying in verse 8 that throughout this moment of separation, you are consecrated unto the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, when you read verse 1 and verse 2, the Bible makes us understand that to separate himself to the Lord, the vow of the Nazarite was to express one's desire to draw close to God. Hallelujah. The vow of the Nazarite is, is for one to actually express his desire to get closer to God. One expressing his desire to get closer to God. So in the old days, anytime a person decides to abstain from all these things, intoxicating drinks, getting near dead bodies, drinking of vinegar, made, um, vinegar from, from, from grapes or from similar drinks, anytime a person abstains himself from all these things, what a person is trying to do is that he is consecrating himself. For the Lord's use, hallelujah. Yes. And so that is actually what happened. The vowel of the Nazarite, I would want to read something so that those who are writing can write. First of all, like I said, a Nazarite is, is a is an English word. In Hebrew, it is Nazar, which means set apart. So a Nazarite is a person who is separated from others and totally consecrated to God. Hallelujah. I've explained this part. The other thing is that. A Nazarite is a kingdom-minded person concerned for the things of God than any other thing else. A God-treasuring person and a totally surrounded person unto God. Hallelujah. That is a Nazarite. Someone who treasures God in his heart. The Bible said that wherever your treasure is, there your heart is. As a matter of fact, if I am to take an iPhone 12 Pro Max, of let's say um, currently in Ghana, the population of of, of people who uses their iPhone most is the lady. So let me use a lady. No offense, please. So if I have to take an iPhone 12 Pro Max from a lady and attempt to crash it to the ground right now, you will all you can imagine the reaction from the lady. Hallelujah. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart is. And so when I say a consecrated man or a Nazarite, every Nazarite is a consecrated man. Understand that. Every Nazarite is a consecrated man. So when I say a consecrated man or a Nazarite is a man who treasures God, in other terms, I am trying to say that he has God at heart. Wherever your heart, your treasure is, there your heart is. And so if God is his treasure, then with God lies his heart. If God is the treasure of the Nazarite, then with God lies the heart of a Nazarite. If God is the treasure of a consecrated being, then with God lies the heart of a consecrated being. Anything of this world has nothing to do with him. So long as whatever thing that he is doing pleases God, even to the dissatisfaction of every man he is okay a consecrated man does not care the applause of man. a nazarite only attention is on god god this god that god those, god these. anything that has to be to, to do with god any english you can attach to it so long as it is god that is the focus and that is the desire that the nazarite would want to undertake, undertake hallelujah so that is one thing you have to understand. The ways of the Nazarite. Hallelujah. I'd want us to talk about the types of Nazarite. We have two types of Nazarite. We have the temporary Nazarite and we have the perpetual Nazarite or lifetime Nazarite. We have the temporary Nazarite and we have the perpetual Nazarite. Temporary Nazarite is one of the is is what we actually explained or we read from the book of Numbers chapter six, where they will actually. and and separate themselves from all these kind of things for some time then after that they will come back so the separation from all these things is actually so that they can get closer to God that is a temporary thing you go and you come back hallelujah but the perpetual Nazarite is 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 every believer is every Christian for your lifetime you are supposed to dedicate yourself you are supposed to God. Your heart must continually lie with God no matter what. That is a lifetime Nazarite or a perpetual Nazarite. So that is is the two types of Nazarite. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Hallelujah. Am I speaking something? Thank God. So that is the two types of Nazarite and we have three key concepts that encompasses the order of the nazarites hallelujah we are getting closer to the end of the administration my time is almost up. there are three key concepts that encompasses the order of the nazarites we have the total separation we have purity and three we have the crown of royal priesthood these three things encompasses the order of the nazarite total separation purity, and then the crown of royal priesthood. The verse 3 and 4 of Numbers chapter 6 will actually explain what it what is meant by total separation. When God said unto Moses to tell the people that should anyone desire to be a Nazarite, stay away from vinegar, stay away from anything, alcoholic drinks, whatever. What this means is that you are actually purging yourself from anything that intoxicates your relationship with God total separation. The things of this world, whatever that sways your attention from your God-given intentions, you stay away from them. Hallelujah. I am a very good football fan, but of late, I have seen that the devil is taking advantage of that thing. I know how to play football very well. Very, very well. Hallelujah. For that reason, I like football. Analysis, tactics, tactical variations, and everything. I'm a Chelsea fan. Yes. Thomas Tisha is my boss. Hallelujah. And 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 I I, I got to a point I realized that now nah, it seems that football is actually taking my attention more. Because transfer news today want to hear about who Chelsea is signing Marco Corella and then Twitter there'll be a feud. Ah, he's not worth the 62 million pounds, he's worth the two million pounds, and everybody's talking it's kind of what will be do you think you're wasting your time, Sylvester? Why would you give attention to these kind of things when it, there are a lot of god brought me back to myself he made me reason once again that nah i'm actually losing focus hallelujah yes so total separation from these things things that actually takes your attention from god from the things that god has caused you to do mandated you to do called you to do separate yourself from them that is one of the key concepts of the order of the nazarites hallelujah so god actually telling Moses to tell the people to separate themselves from these drinks and vinegar made from other drinks, made from grapes, stay away from the grape vine, That is what it means. Anything that has to do with this world, that will, that, that will prevent you from staying focused, staying rooted, staying grounded in the Stay away. By so doing, you are consecrated. Hallelujah. Two, that is the purity or holiness. God also said unto Moses that tell them that they are supposed to stay away from dead bodies, even if it is their real close relative. If you want to be consecrated, if you want to be a Nazarite, stay away from them. You see, dead bodies, in other words, um, signifies corruption. They are corrupt, Hallelujah. If a, if a body is dead, I believe you have medical personnel here. If they are dead, they are corrupt can't come back to life unless God in his own capacity decides to grant mercy. Unless he tax our president, lay your hands on him, bring him back to life. He couldn't complete his mission. That is God doing his own thing. Hallelujah. But so long as they lie down there helpless and lifeless, they are corrupt. Attaching yourselves to these things makes you corrupt. And you are not worthy of God's presence. You are not worthy of being called a consecrated being or a Nazarite. The dead body there represents canker, or what I will say, sin. Hallelujah. If you want to be a Nazarite, separate yourself from sin of all forms. Sin of commission, omission. You see, even if by mistake you sin, for, ask for forgiveness and move on, you will obtain forgiveness. You are not supposed to be sin-conscious, no. But in a situation where you find yourself Having sinned against a fellow being. Ask the person to forgive you. Ask God to forgive you. And move on. Forget about what you have done. Let you attend. You see, there are some people, their problem is actually with the fact that when they sin against someone or they sin against God, they begin to dwell in that place, have feeling room. Oh, eradi. That is, God doesn't care that you have sinned. What God cares is how you move on from there. The fact that you are always conscious of sin, makes the, the, the work of Christ like in vain he came to take away sin yet you are still thinking about sin so what are you telling to me that you obey why need hear an answer hallelujah yes so if you want to be a Nazarite try away to try as much as possible to stay away from all from of or sin and in this case the bible represented it by dead bodies hallelujah so whoever that will to be Right in that days or in those days, I was supposed to separate himself from these things. Hallelujah! Then the last thing is the crown of priesthood. That is when God told Moses to tell them not to touch their hair with any razor. Hallelujah! You see, keeping your hair in the olden days signifies your belief and confidence in the promises of God hallelujah if God has told you to 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 keep your hair for some reason if you keep that hair regardless whatever problem it causes you it means you believe in God's promise concerning you keeping that hair hallelujah that is the royal crown of priesthood it is it is it signifies someone who trusts in the Lord aside the fact that you are purging yourself from anything that has to do with this world, separating yourself from sin, you must believe in the word of God, in the promises of God. Whenever you open the Bibles, one of the things that you should search for is God's promises in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Search for them and declare them. As a matter of fact, God is bounded by his word. If God didn't say it, he wouldn't do it. I have said, and I will do it and so if you begin to ask God to do something that he has not said you are actually asking in vain hallelujah whatever God has said that is what he does and so sometimes some of the prayers that we pray that we are not receiving answers it's not because God is not answering them all but it's because he had not said that he would do that thing are telling him that oh do it so how why should I do something I said I won't do? Am I making sense? Yes. So, as a matter of fact, if you want to pray foundational prayers, resource yielding prayers, before you open your mouth to pray, know that you are actually basing it on something God has said. God, I charge you with this thing. You said this. By reason of that, God has no reason than to answer you. Why? Because he said it and he must done it the bible said he's not a man that should lie hallelujah yes so let's let's move on time is almost up i'll rush through this part and then we are done my time is almost up i want us to pray for about five minutes and we leave how to remain consecrated hallelujah how to remain consecrated one is to be a misfit it doesn't sound right but i will explain be a misfit. You see, we live in, in, in a technological age, in a social media age, where people are really craving for, for likes and retweets. Hallelujah. The amount of retweets you have shows that you are popular. The amount of likes you have shows that you are popular. Hallelujah. And that is actually swaying the attention of a lot of believers. And so we begin to also look in that scope Seeking for people's approval, the appraiser, the applause of men. Forgetting, is God really okay with it? You might probably be doing something you think you are doing for God, but the question is, is God okay with it? The life of the consecrated one is a life that is in line with the will and the purposes of God. If God is okay, we do it. If God is not okay, we stand aside. Even if it is saving thousand souls, and God is not okay with that, stay aside. God is not. If God wants them to be saved, He will cause you to tell them what to tell them so that they will be saved. If it is in not, if it is not in God's will that you speak to them at that moment, don't. Be a misfit. When the world is going this way, turn this way. By so doing, you'll be able to tell them that. So that they can actually identify the difference between you and them. If they are going this way and you are also going that way, how do you tell them the difference between you and them? As a matter of fact, you are all sharing the same ambition, going this way. Am I making sense? Yes, but if you become a misfit, you don't fit into their lives. You actually fit into the lives, the purpose, the scripts of God. And so if you want to win them, you show them what God has done for you. By being a misfit, and it will draw them to this part. You don't go with them. Hallelujah. Yes, another thing uh, on how to remain consecrated is that you have to write some things down. As a matter of write some things down. It's a point. Write things down. You see, God actually speaks to people more times. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person God speaks to me a lot. God actually has his own way of speaking to people. God can speak to our sister, please. Watch Theodora. Oh, Theodora. Cool. Nice. Theodora. God can speak to Theodora through me. But there are also times where God will actually speak to her. You'll be there. You'll be receiving these. That's how mine is. As if someone is talking to me. Hallelujah. He's challenging my thoughts. Causing me to think. Consider certain decisions you are taking. Come back to your senses. Relax. And come again. Hallelujah. Write things down when God speaks to you. How do you? We oh, have medicine since years books <throat> are who she has changed. How do you intend to keep on this by the time God speaks to you? By the time you realize books, need now, in hallelujah! Write I love this friend of mine. Anytime you go into her room, she had they have these thicker things where they write things and they place it on their walls. Hallelujah. So like every morning, she wakes up, she looks at that wall. She, she has a name she calls it and forgetting. Anytime she receives a rhema from God, he places it on that wall. Anytime. So that day in day, whenever she forgets, by looking at it, she remembers whatever God said. On that very day that she learned that word. Write things down. That is how you remain consecrated. Hallelujah. Yes. And another thing is also to carry out the marching orders of God. When God gives you something to do, please do it. Hallelujah. Do it to the glory of God. It's not only purging yourself, but also surrounding yourself to be used by God. Remember, a holy priesthood, a peculiar nation, a priest has a tax. Every nation has a tax. So, it's not about you being taken out of the dark world into the marvelous light, but you being a priest, meaning you have been taxed with something. So, you do that thing as well. And afterwards, cost hallelujah lastly the benefit of consecration and we are done benefit of consecration benefit of consecration one experiencing overflowing blessings miracles signs and wonders experiencing overflowing blessings miracles signs and wonders the move of God is attracted by consecration and pushes god into action hallelujah that is one of the benefits of being consecrated for a man who has purged himself denied himself all the pleasures of this world treasures god at heart and his heart lies with god god uses that man irrespective of his background irrespective of his pedigree and, and social status there are local preachers here or so mike mua ohpo there is this man on, i'm forgetting his name that man i don't know based on what i heard he's not actually like when he little it on school but I actually learned to read chi hallelujah o chire chuna kunkuninu ma we say i say or the fie nya sanu under ankokora for kind of attitude now and when Or the or they chire yakopasem In ntiasen yakop like, he explains the thing to, to depths of the depths of God so that you will understand what God has for you. That is one of the benefits of living a consecrated life. That man is very heaven conscious, hallelujah. Another benefit is operating in a higher dimensional anointing. One of the things that Christians will love so much is the anointing. Ha, cha, anointed. Ha, acquire anointed. We love to be, we we love to, Charlie, this guy is anointed. Charlie, the personal president, anointed. Come on, Charlie. No, say, respect, anointed. Hallelujah. If you really want to, if you really want to operate in the anointing of God, under the anointing of God, you have to be consecrated. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is also one of the things that God gives for your loyalty to Him. Let me say it that way for you giving your life to God that God, I am here, use me no questions asked no nothing asked, just use me God grants you the anointing that when you stand to minister people begin to see difference begin to appreciate the the cost and the price you paid to be who you are, hallelujah Yes. and the last thing is that you experience the forever abiding presence of God Experience the forever abiding presence of God. You experience the forever abiding presence of God. You experience the forever abiding presence of God. Hallelujah. Every consecrated being finds himself in the presence of God. Every consecrated being finds himself in the presence of God. Hallelujah. A touch of you can change my life. And set my soul on fire To do your The touch of you can change my life oh, And set my soul on fire To do your And feed me with your very self. A touch of you A touch of you can change my life And set my soul to praise hallelujah we are lifting our voice and we are praying unto God I have a reason to believe that even though we are Christians but sometimes to some extent people have lost focus they have forgotten the identity you see the life of consecration is the actual life of the nativity of God's people if you actually come from the God domain then consecration is your life But now here we are talking about consecration to God's people. Why? Because we want to remind ourselves of the things that we are expected to do. We are lifting our voice and we are praying unto God. That God grants unto us the grace and the ability, ability, the grace and ability, the capacity to live to your glory. That cause us to render, render invalid, render useless anything that has to do with this world that has found their way into our domain. Kasona matanda ikapala da basa. rekopata kasada badi bigada. Ikapana matanda kosoka pa. Mati sadada bada bigada anything that has found their way into your life distracting you causing you to lose focus some things has caused you to be to, to, to a point where you actually don't feel like giving god your all we have come to the point to the understanding that oh god oh god for us to operate in higher dimensions in you we have to consecrate ourselves Consecration is we giving ourselves unconditionally unto you. Grant me the grace and the strength to submit myself, prostrate myself before your presence. For no reason, just because you need my services to transform this world. Father, I give myself only unto you oh a touch of you can change my life and set my soul on fire we are lifting our voice once again and we are praying for the body of christ we live in an age and a dispensation where the, the the distractions of the devil is so much that it is taking away the, 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 the desire, the zeal, and then the will of people for God. We have come to the point in our lives where we have to intercede for everyone in, in the domain of God. When a Christian falls, the attention is turned to the other Christian and to the other Christian until it comes to you and if god doesn't show you mercy you might end up like that but in the same way as the christians gathered the day that peter was captured the bible said that they prayed and the lord sent forth an angel to deliver peter unto them the well-being of a christian is your well-being if your fellow christian is fire or is on fire if your fellow Christian is consecrated, it is to your well-being, it is to your advantage. The Bible said that iron sharpens iron. So that a man sharpens the countenance of his fellow man. On the day that you will be weak, you will have someone to intercede on your behalf. And that is why we are praying for all the Christian body. That may the Lord, may the Lord keep his eye on them god may you save them protect your own god to them that has lost focus that have missed the identity father bring them back to their senses father bring them back to the point of reasoning let them know that they have been called to a life of blessing. Mati falada bade beka da ipata kasada bata, kasada ika iko pata kasam, madi ko pana bata da, bade Ibaba taka sada branda batada. Akabakata katakata. Iba la daba tanda. Isadaba debekata. In the name of Jesus. In your heart, just say this 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 prayer god arrest my heart you see paul was arrested paul wasn't going to Damascus. on on, paul on his road to damascus never had the intent of the christian at at heart no he was never going there to, to smile with them he was going there to slay them but in the end he met god on the he met christ on the road to damascus without his will his heart was arrested for god's use you see sometimes it should come to a point where you should tell god the father take me means necessary if it means breaking me to the point where i become no more that i that, that, that i am brought forth out even like a seedling sprouting like a new being a new god then do so in the name of jesus in the name of Jesus and so we give you all the glory lord thank you for such a wonderful moment in our in your presence thank you for the life that you've given unto us and we thank you for this ministration of God. we are grateful that you have transformed our lives and has moved us into who we are today we ask that you keep keeping us keep root in us in the name of jesus may we not leave your presence oh god and may we never miss your ever perfect and abiding presence cause us oh god to be consecrated unto you break us mold us and use us in the name of jesus we ask that you be with us now and forevermore in jesus name amen and. Man of God, God richly bless you for such a powerful sermon. Have you not been blessed? You have been blessed indeed. Thank God for everything. All right. So, next on the program, we have praises—a period of praises by Miss Buana Joanna Buedu. Amen. Let's welcome our sister as she comes to minister unto us. Hallelujah! Shall we please be upstanding? We shall collect our fair tree as well.